are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week is Danielle Beck. Danielle is NCBA's Executive Director of Government Affairs. Danielle, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Ed. I am excited to be here and excited to talk to you about something other than COVID. Well, it's always <laughs> good. And I mean, you know, of course, it's 2020. Um, we've heard about all of the bad things in 2020. But I think the cherry on top we may come back and look at is the dietary guidelines process. Um, we do this every five years. Um, they come out with new dietary guidelines, I guess a joint committee with USDA and FDA, um, you know, and they have a, experts and nutritionists and everything get together and sort of go over all of, the, all of the research that's been done on how to live a healthy lifestyle. And then at the end of the five years, um, they basically issue guidelines that say, eat more of this, eat less of this if you want a healthy lifestyle. Um, is that a, a basic wrap up of what this process is like? Yeah, that's fair. So USDA and HHS jointly oversee the process. They appoint a a dietary guidelines advisory committee, which is, you know, the scientific experts you mentioned. They are tasked with reviewing all of the scientific evidence out there surrounding, you know, what constitutes a healthy diet. Uh, After their systematic review of the science, they're then tasked with reporting out recommendations to USDA and HHS. Uh, The departments then take that set of recommendations and they formulate the final dietary guidelines for Americans, which again is the cornerstone for all federal nutrition policy. You know, I think the average consumer has probably never read the individual guidelines, but they impact every single American consumer's life, regardless of whether they realize it or not. Yeah. And obviously it impacts cattle producers and anybody in the beef industry. Um, So uh, this week, uh, the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee, the DGAC for short, held its draft advisory report meeting, um, essentially in the age of COVID. Um, It was all done by webinar. And so essentially you um, being the trooper that you are um, tuned into this eight hour webinar um, yesterday, uh, Wednesday. Um, I remember when you ate fake meat, so the rest of us didn't have to. Yesterday, you watched this webinar, so the the rest of us didn't have to. So we really appreciate that. But can you tell folks basically what they said and what what we might be able to expect in the final guidelines in terms of uh, you know what beef consumption. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have to say, Ed, I didn't do it alone. Uh, I have had the pleasure, you know, working through NCBA Center for Public Policy, working hand in hand with our folks on the beef checkoff side. NCBA has been engaged throughout every step of this process in a really holistic manner. And so there were a lot of folks on the checkoff team tuned in throughout the day yesterday. Uh, But, you know, overall, the preliminary conclusions shared during the webinar about red meat mirrored a lot of the recommendations in the 2015 DGAs. You know, in general, the DGAC included meat in a healthy dietary pattern, uh, but they can continue to include a significant body of high quality evidence demonstrating beef's role in a healthy diet. I think part of that is because we are looking at a, a much more truncated process this go around when compared with 2015. You know, in 2015, the DGAC had about 18 months. This year, they've had just about a year, maybe a little bit less. They also had a much larger advisory committee, so more cooks in the kitchen. And they were tasked for the first time ever with including recommendations on birth to 24. So more people, more work, less time. But, you know, overall, a lot of the key takeaways were pretty positive. You know, there's strong support for meat as a foundational uh, protein food for infants and young children from 6 to 24 months of age. They continue to recognize 
recognize the need for Americans to eat more nutrient-dense food to achieve uh, the nutrient needs within those calorie goals. And we all know that beef is about as nutrient-dense uh, of a protein as you can get. Uh, more than you know, 30 different cuts of beef that qualify as lean under the current dietary guidelines. Uh, I think we're, we're feeling pretty confident, but we're not quite there yet. One of the most positive takeaways for me is that during the deliberations yesterday, there were conversations about how there's a need for more research distinguishing the different types of red meat, be it lean, not lean, fresh, processed, as well as the, the need to further really define what constitutes lean meat to avoid potential confusion in the final report. You know, in 2015, they recognized that lean meat was part of a, a healthy diet, but then they, they cautioned consumers against red and processed meat. You know, there are plenty of different cuts of red meat that qualify as lean, and USDA really needs to do a good job differentiating that out and having some better clarifying language when the, it comes time for them to their finalize their 2020 dietary guidelines recommendations. Okay, so this week was an important step in the process. Um, we're not through it yet, um, but, talk, but look in the rearview mirror a little bit. Tell, tell us where we are in this process. I guess this really kicked off over a couple of years ago and has been going nonstop. Um, tell us where we are in the process and where we've been and what NCBA has done all along the way. Yeah, so again, we've been engaged every step of the way since day one. The process officially kicked off in February of 2018, which honestly feels like a decade <laughs> ago now. Uh, and that was when USDA and HHS announced for the first time ever that they would be establishing and seeking public comments on you know, potential priority topics and supporting scientific questions to guide the development of the DGAs. And that was the first time ever that the agencies took it upon themselves to do that rather than allowing the DGAC to establish scientific topics and questions for consideration. When the DGAC was allowed to do that in 2015, that's what allowed and opened the door to conversations around sustainability and topics that really had no relation to sound nutritional science or a, a healthy diet. Um, in doing so, I think they effectively prevented those conversations from happening this go around. Um, you know, after the appointment of the DGAC, which, you know, again, NCBA was involved in by submitting highly qualified individuals to serve on that committee, two of our recommendations were appointed. Uh, the, the DGAC had a total of five public meetings. Uh, there were two opportunities for oral comment. NCBA was an active participant during both of those. Uh, you know, NCBA through the beef checkoff, we've submitted over 21, well, 21 sets of comments in total, uh, you know, really going above and beyond. And the DGAC meeting yesterday really marks the final step uh, in this process for the scientific component. Uh, the advisory committee will take all of their, you know, conclusions that they reviewed yesterday, put that into a report, which they plan to submit to USDA and HHS right around mid-July. And that's when I think the political work and the heavy lift from our producers and from NCBA, you know, on the policy side is going to come into play because USDA and HHS will be taking into consideration all public comment, non-scientific input as they work to develop practical, applicable dietary recommendations. Yeah. So where do we go from here? Um, obviously, you mentioned July 15th. Um, and, and obviously that there's going to be a comment period after that. So that's when our producers can, can make their voices heard yes. again and really for the last time in this process, right? Yep. Uh, and we have held off on calling on our producers to weigh in and comment thus far because, you know, there were over 62,000 comments submitted to the DGAC. Of those, really only a small portion were scientific. 
The DGAC, though, because it's made up of, you know, scientific experts, they don't really care about form letters. Um, you know, average Joe Schmo, smoke, smoke consumer, hate to say it, that type of input really isn't constructive or useful for them. That's something that the agencies, the political staff are going to be looking at. And so we've held all of our chips, but we'll be calling on all of our members, all of our stakeholders to weigh in following the release of the report, which, again, we're thinking will happen on July 15th. There'll be a 30-day public comment period. So again, stay tuned. Mid-July, we'll be calling on you uh, to engage. And then there's also going to be one final uh, public meeting in which there'll be an opportunity to provide input by way of oral comment. And NCBA fully intends to be there with bells on uh, as one last final opportunity to speak on BEEF's behalf before the 2020 guidelines are finalized. It, when is that going to be, do we think? So probably the the very end of the year. Uh, I think December 2020, they have until the 31st. Uh, you know, unfortunately, because there's a, a tremendous amount of work, this has really been a, a Herculean effort. Uh, it, it'll probably be like college students in which they're starting the term paper the night before it's due. They've already started the term paper. I shouldn't say that, but it, it It'll probably be, you know, very last minute, just given the, the amount of work that they have to do. Well, uh, something to look forward to with the holiday holiday period this year, I guess. Hopefully it'll be a good Christmas gift for beef producers across the U.S. All right. Danielle, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.